man, Cyan Cat. Always sitting by your side, always by your side. That cat's something I can't Welcome back to the Plutocracy Report. Well, I hope you all have been well since the last time we talked. And I want to give a shout out to Kelly from Florida for being a good friend of the show. And this one's dedicated to you. Oh, man. Where do we begin today? I mean, maybe we should use a whole hour talking about the Virginia governor who stained his face black to act like Michael Jackson. (laughs) Isn't that some important stuff? You know, it is to the plutocrats because reinforcing racism and division is the order of the day. Now, how do we put up with that as our news? Did you catch his State of the Union? Man, I mean, it's always so childish and bizarre with these people standing and applauding every sentence or two. They applauded like crazy that we're going to end a missile treaty with Russia. Hooray! And you know what? (laughs) The media still says he works for the Russians. And as soon as it ended, that's what they mentioned first. The Russia investigation. All the State of the Union is to me is proof people in Congress are just as dumb as the foolish people who voted for them. The only thing I will say is maybe Trump isn't as dumb as I say he is because he had to memorize that whole bullcrap speech. They said... It was an hour and 20 minutes, but, you know, 45 minutes was probably applauding and chanting USA. So I have to admit he did a good job reciting the propaganda. And that's all I really have to say about that weird and disingenuous crap show. Because today I got to talk a little about Venezuela and I want to talk about universal basic income and especially how people are programmed to think the system can never change. But I'm going to lead off with an environmental segment because I have personal observations about the polar vortex from last week. Okay, so it was freaking freezing here in Chicago, and I saw my thermometer was at minus 25. You know, Chicago reported minus 23, but I'm more north of the city, and the wind chill made it like minus 55. My pipes froze up and I had to warm them with a hairdryer or they would have burst. So it really sucked and it went on for about three days. And I worried about the furnace or the power going out the whole time. It, it made me feel so vulnerable. I also wondered how the dwindling wildlife survives through that crap. And people were actually talking about the homeless in Chicago who they ignore when the temperature is above minus 10. But it got so cold, we finally thought about them for a few days. Nothing will change, of course. And I heard an activist on the radio saying that, we have a plan to end homelessness in Chicago. We just raise taxes and get $150 million a year, and then we can build a few more shelters for a few million dollars and steal the rest of the money like everything goes. What they really need is a place to live free of charge and assistance in being put back into society in a helpful way. 
we bring useful jobs to them. And this can be done in every poor area as well, like Flint. Bring jobs to them with government and community planning. All public jobs, no corporate privatization pirates allowed in. And we can spend billions on funding these projects instead of the military. And unlike the military, it'll pay us back and benefit all of society, not just fat rat plutocrats. Anyways, I have no idea how a human could survive out there without heat and proper shelter. I don't know how they survive in general. It must be miserable to be homeless. I don't think I could handle it very long. There are many theories about this extreme cold hitting parts of the world, you know, from grand solar minimum to ice ages coming to the only thing that's wrong is CO2-related global warming. That's what's doing it. Let me give you the mainstream corporate perspective first pertaining to the extreme cold on a warming planet. They don't talk about climate change. Weathermen and women simply read scripts and joke around and say, how the weather will be for the fans going to a football game this week. The more inquisitive lefties believe the polar vortex is entirely due to CO2-related global warming, and any mention of weather manipulation for surface temperature modification is seen as an attack on their theory. And then they call you a nut. And then you got the freaks on the other side, saying it's all weather modification because climate change is a hoax. I mean, it's pathetic how biased and narrow-minded everyone is. Every issue is used to split the political dichotomy of division. The few inquiring lefties are told the mainstream consensus is the reason for this drifting polar vortex is because of warmer air in the polar regions and warmer oceans, which breaks apart the polar jet stream. And hence, the cold air mass drifts further north. Now this is obviously plausible because the polar jet stream used to be strong and stable and kept the polar vortex locked up in the North Pole because of the temperature differential. When the northern polar jet stream is strong, it's kind of like a wall of wind that corrals most of the air cooled in the polar region. And that results in mild winter temperatures in the middle latitudes of the eastern United States and northern Europe and Asia. But when the polar jet stream weakens, the once-trapped cold air can meander throughout the top of the northern hemisphere, bringing polar temperatures and extreme weather to lower latitudes. Uh, they say, in a very conservative and narrow-minded way, that Greenhouse gas emissions from human activities have warmed the globe by about 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit over the past 50 years. I, I think it's exceeded 2 degrees. But anyways, the Arctic has warmed more than twice as much. Amplified Arctic warming is due mainly to the dramatic melting of ice and snow in recent decades, which exposes darker oceans and land surfaces that absorb a lot more of the sun's heat, which is getting more intense as the ozone layer filters less UV radiation. But they don't talk about that because it's too scary for the liberals to consider. Because of rapid Arctic warming, the north and south temperature difference has been diminished. This reduces 
pressure differences between the Arctic and mid-latitudes, weakening jet stream winds. A slower-flowing jet stream tends to meander, and we have seen this becoming the new normal. Now listen, large north and south undulations in the subtropical jet stream generates wave energy in the atmosphere. If they are wavy and persistent enough, the energy can travel upward and disrupt the stratospheric polar vortex. Sometimes this upper vortex becomes so distorted that it splits into two or more swirling eddies. These daughter vortices tend to wander southward, bringing their very cold air with them and leaving behind a warmer-than-normal Arctic. One of these eddies sat on top of my head last week, and it really sucked. So, having said that, it is clear that the jet streams control our climate and weather, and it is undeniable that the endeavors of the insane technocrats to control the weather would focus on affecting the jet streams. Is that not obvious? And the only goal they would have for us in the U.S. is to make things colder. So most people don't realize how dire global warming is. And we continue to destroy the biosphere for their continued profits and lifestyle. Is that not the most plausible explanation? Well, it is, sheepies. Now, splits in the stratospheric polar vortex do happen naturally, but it is apparent it can also be done artificially with our weather modification technology of ignorance and deceit and carelessness. Weather modification is being used as a method to counter the warming effect we are seeing when the jet streams tighten up. Obviously, it is in the best interest of the for-profit-at-all-costs corporate plutocracy that controls our race to manufacture cold and deny climate change is dire. You know, the extreme righties think that it's just the opposite. Weather modification is the only thing wrong with the climate and there's no anthropogenic climate change. But all rational people know that's ridiculous. This is obvious, and the technology to modify weather in a crude and careless way is not a conspiracy. It's real. How could it not be? Oh, no, we're just going to leave the weather alone. We're not even going to try to modify anything. Yeah, okay. Jeez, yeah, they're, they're so trustful. Anyways, also can consider that they're not pros at it. They're just infantile fools messing with nature to get their desired and disgraceful results. And they don't care about causing more damage and making things worse. They do anything to achieve their goals. Is this not apparent by now? We use weapons from hell like depleted uranium. We do sonar testing in the oceans that kill whales. Chemicals in the air and water. Electromagnetic pollution. They contaminate aquifers from fracking. They use poison pesticides and GMOs and feed it to us. Why would it be hard to believe they spray particles to reflect sun and heat the ionosphere to affect the jet stream, both to cool parts of the country? This does not mean global warming is fake. It's not a dichotomy, one or the other scenario. Both things are going on, climate change and geoengineering. And geoengineering is a reckless, primitive, and nefarious effort to try to camouflage some effects of climate change. So it is of my belief that they can encourage this drifting, 
south of the polar vortex by interfering with the subtropical jet stream, probably from a downblast from ionosphere heaters, which is the HARP model of beaming radio frequencies into the ionosphere and getting a downburst after it heats up and pushes upward. I posted the jet stream model days before the polar vortex, and it was undeniable something unnatural happened to it off the coast of California. The thing broke up and went backwards before it shot way up north and opens up the vortex by slicing warm air into the weakened polar jet stream. If they have a way to chill out parts of the U.S., you know they will continue to do it periodically, such as chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. And like every issue in America, the media and the sheepies themselves divide their opinions in a dichotomous way. There's either no climate change because God and the earth loves pollution and CO2 can increase as much as it wants. So every anomalistic weather event is government using a form of weather manipulation. You know, it says the biased kooky righties. Or there's no such thing as geoengineering because the government would never do something in secret, says the smug, delusional, idiotic lefties. Pick a side and don't be rational because it can't be both. It's a political issue like everything else now. What, you don't believe me? All right, listen to this idiot on The Daily Show, which, you know, the lefties like because it feeds into their biases. How about another gun control idea that's not being used? Mental health checks. Let's apply that to Facebook. Before you can share something on your timeline, you have to pass a simple cognition test. (laughs) Question one, does the government release chemtrails from airplanes? A, no, or B, hells yeah, that's how the frogs got gay. (laughs) Question three, do Jewish people control the weather? Absolutely not. Or B, I'm no anti-Semite, but yes, Jews do control the weather. <laughs> You're so funny. Ugh. Doesn't that guy sound like a typical smug neoliberal weasel? Now, since it's clear geoengineering is going on and some people just can't believe it like that wimpy-sounding tool because it wasn't in any refereed journals... I am going to address the first thing every denier of solar radiation management, a.k.a. chemtrails, always says. Why would the pilots spray chemicals on all of us and kill their own families and children and dogs and cats? Uh, Yeah, Uh, everyone just does the right thing when they work for the government, right? Anyways, first of all, that's all conspiracy bullcrap from writing nuts to distract us. It's not poison being used to kill us, you know. They have much easier ways to do that if or when they want to do it. But it is unhealthy and stupid and makes global warming and this ongoing mass extinction worse and faster overall. But the pilots don't think it's bad. They may even be dumb enough to believe it's a benevolent secret operation that will help slow down climate change And they are just doing what the government thinks is best. So they do it and keep it a secret for two reasons. Because your job and livelihood, maybe even your life depends on it. 
And you also believe the government should work in secrecy because if people know the truth, they would panic and kill each other in a week. Like, you know, people say, if the government knows aliens exist, they have to keep it a secret because all the religious people would freak out and start rioting because it disproves their religion. (laughs) So imagine if they understood how serious and dire climate change is. We're all going to riot and kill each other. (laughs) You know, so we can't let the kiddies know what's really going on. Keep them ignorant, confused, and sedated. Now, personally, I feel very strongly that secrecy is the root of all our failings as a species in developing a truly egalitarian, sustainable, and progressive society. I think people could handle the truth, and they would prefer to be involved with our societal decision-making process. And you can't make the right decisions unless you have the truth and all available unbiased research. All we need is honesty and governance and be able to choose what is truly best for humanity. But in the meantime, pilots don't feel bad about spraying because it's not poison, but metallic nanoparticles that do come down in our air column because they don't think it's bad. And this is the military. They are trained to follow orders, not to question them. The Manhattan Project was the model in secrecy that never went away. It expanded. Everything operates on a need-to-know basis, and everything is compartmentalized. They all just follow orders, and that has to change, or we will never overthrow the ruling power elite plutocrats. You know, same with the guys who operate the ionosphere heaters. They don't care that they are affecting the balance of the planet's natural energy flow. They're just doing their destructive jobs. Look at all of society. Many doctors don't know or care if vaccines or pills or chemo can be harmful to a patient. They just do as they are taught and told. Same with politicians and basically everyone on the government's dime, which is the people's dime. Let's take back our government and give intelligent, rational, and humane instructions without secrecy. Nothing in government should be in secret. Don't believe the national security shit is an excuse. As the environment goes, remember climate change and geoengineering is affecting our weather, not just one or the other. And unfortunately, we lost our power and will to directly participate in the stewardship of planet Earth. And that is tragic and intentionally facilitated to have people abide by the plutocratic system of species suicide for profit at all costs. All right, enough about climate change for today. But it was nasty here last week. And then we went to 50 degrees by Sunday and had a 75-degree temperature swing in 36 hours. That's pretty normal, huh? The weather people didn't even mention how unusual it is. They just said... How wonderful it'll it'll be. Everything is infantile in mainstream news reporting nowadays. Like, you, you know, it's amazing how we are seeing a horror show play out before our eyes, and we just can't stop it. Everything we are seeing in the world today was easily predicted and verifiable evidence that we are led solely by power elite plutocrats, and people still pretend the democratically elected politicians are in charge. <laughs> okay, 
you know, like people say, Obama bombed Libya and Trump is going to invade Iran and overthrow Venezuela as if the stupid sock puppet presidents make the war plans. No, idiots. All they do is public relations performances. It's obvious by now a U.S. president is just a foolish figurehead for the media. And they sound so stupid, too. They treat us like morons who can't comprehend very well, so they don't even have to make much sense anymore. Politicians are all morons, too, if, if you listen to them talk. And the media is so infantile. Did you paint your face black, Governor? Oh, I don't really know, but I'm sorry anyways. Ugh, it's such a crap show. Now look at what they are doing. Using the same corny and false reasons to overthrow countries we want to exploit more. How can anyone fall for the bomb countries into democracy crap? It's insane they keep getting away with it. But then again, most Americans and citizens in the Western transnational plutocracies, they don't give a damn about really changing their government. Even after the stupid Super Bowl is over. <laughs> you know, by the way, that spectacle of stupidity was a perfect example of how lame and easily amused sheepies are. That was the most boring game ever with the most pathetic plastic posers performing at halftime. And how can anyone like that crappy contrived music to sell the sheepies? And that Adam Levine arrogant automaton is the perfect model of someone you want to punch in the face. Hey, ladies, you like how I sing like a girl? Oh, check out my chest. Don't you just love how it's all covered in graffiti? I'm so sexy, aren't I? No, Adam, you're a phony douchebag that helps take the art and honesty out of music. Please go away. You made enough money from morons. Then seeing them all singing with some black dude with a giant fur coat. Yeah, man, look at all the money I got. I can afford to wear dead animals on my back. God, I hate this culture. And no one seems to care that we have all stupid people in government who don't understand what's really going on. All they do is follow what their party tells them to support. It's pathetic. Not an independent mind among them. We still pretend the parties are different, even though it's undeniable the same plutocratic agenda goes forth, and only the rhetoric is different, not the policies. But you know what? Both parties always agree on war and overthrowing other leaders for the benefit of the plutocrats. Never a debate there. All our government is, to us, is a grand pageant for peasants. And most of us still play along. These people in government don't want to change the system. They're all doing quite well, aren't they? Look at how rich most of them are. Trump knows who's in control of our foreign agenda and probably knows who runs the world. And he's good with it. He loves the plutocratic system, as did Obama and most of them. Even the few that pretend to care that our form of corporate governance is horrendous, they're all brainwashed to believe there is no alternative to this system. Only slight variations that might be incrementally achieved over time. Most politicians are not ordinary middle-class people doing a tough gig for the honor to serve people well. It's just an acting gig for rich and bored lawyers and businessmen and brainwashed order followers who get a kick out of being in the political puppet show. Trump is not going to push through this coup in Venezuela. That was planned long before he even got the gig of head sock puppet. 
and we act like it's his idea? The war, oil, and banking plutocrats make decisions in that aspect of this plutonomy. And the politicians agree with it. They have no problem with it. No, Vince, it's crazy. You're a conspiracy freak. Because anyone who believes a deep state or shadow government controls us is nuts, just like Alex Jones. Some people still won't believe we have a plutocracy, and yet it's so freaking obvious that it's just plain silly and astounding they can still deny it. Furthermore, even if people at least admit our government is run by special interest donors, you know, because they can't use the word plutocrats, they still are programmed to believe there is no alternative to this system. The state mind manipulators split the sheep herds by issues that divide us, and we think to fight for change is to fight and blame the ones on the other side. And what enough of us still don't realize is that there is not a solution from either side, only agreement not to end the plutonomy system and the plutocrats' reign of terror. Our minds have been conditioned to believe this system cannot change, and it's too late anyways because the people are hopeless to wake up and take back their government. This meme came up on my Facebook feed, and it said, quote, We're not going to wake anyone up anymore. We're basically at the end game. There are things that are going to start happening everywhere that is going to freak the crap out of people. Back away from trying to wake them up. They're comfortably asleep. They are where they want to be. And unfortunately, as it is, when the crap does hit the fan, they will look around and say, Why didn't somebody say something? Duncan O'Finian said that. And I say, Screw you, cynic! But you see what I mean. As long as the prevailing popular zeitgeist is we are hopeless to change anything syndrome, the plutocrats are as safe as can be. This is my point in uniting the sheepies to revolt. I came up with a new term, and I call this the no-alternative paradigm, and we have to break that. I understand it's not going to be easy because we have had a lifetime of mind manipulation, but it only takes a moment to change your mind. It's not impossible to choose to change our ways as a species, and if not by choice, we will be forced to change. So it is not only possible, it is inevitable. We need to assure the change is positive and progressive. Here is the perspective that we overlook in Venezuela. Yes, the U.S. is pulling our behind-the-scenes coup d'etat crap again, which is the last attempt before invasion. But sadly, I got to say, Venezuela is hopeless unless you can all, you know, go fund me a ticket to Venezuela and get me a meeting with Maduro. If he took my advice, I can help that country become as self-sufficient as possible and start a new currency not valued by the price of oil or anything else because that can be devalued by the empire, which of course they did, along with economic sanctions to make their economy scream. Now, after years of hardship from the manufactured oil price crash and sanctions, Venezuela is ready for the plutocrat coup. If that doesn't work, oh boy, time for some big boom booms. Here is the root problem with everything in the world. The only alternative to joining the plutocrat empire that anyone can think of 
is a so-called socialist regime. Now, Hugo Chavez used a piece of this philosophy and helped deeply impoverished people have a better life. So they supported him, and the rich, of course, hated him. Nothing new there. Well, how did he help his poor constituents? By nationalizing the oil companies and sharing the oil revenue with his people. We want, in the U.S., everything privatized because that's how plutocracy works. That made Hugo popular to the poor who were the majority, and the rich, of course, hate it. That plan worked for a little, and he reduced the number of impoverished people, so we tried to take him out in 2002, and we failed because the people backed Chavez and didn't allow it to happen. He was a good guy who really did try to help his people. But how is that sustainable, Hugo and Maduro, when the price of oil can be manipulated by the empire? The left always fails because it's still with the capitalist, globalist system, and then we see righty freaks win elections after they fail instead of ever instituting a new system. We have yet to see a country thrive to be a forward-thinking, sustainable society free of plutocrat-imposed inequality and corruption and inevitable collapse because none of them are sustainable. Venezuela is not a socialist country either. Just because Chavez nationalized the oil, there is still private interest running most things just as greedily as they do in America. And they want total plutocrat control over everything, especially the oil. So the U.S. colluded with the Saudis to crash oil prices, which also was keeping our economy alive, the low gas prices. And they imposed sanctions to make their economy scream, to punish the people and cause unintelligent and astroturf uprising. Simply put, this is a revolt of the rich and dumb people get involved because they see no other alternative. They're not given one, only the neocon one, and they think it might be something positive because it's the only alternative, kind of like the idiots who support Trump over here. One side or the other, sheepies. Now, you intelligent and aware Pluto heads out there know what's going on in Venezuela. I'm not going to repeat what you hear from other alternative talk shows. Let me try to tell you what no one I've heard is admitting. This is the truth, though, and I'm sorry to say it, but the Venezuelan people are as dumb as can be, just like American cheapies, and they allow themselves to be limited to two bad choices with no real solutions for their country. Some people are protesting Maduro, while all the rich people are, and some others who see this slimy con man, Guaido, is that his name? I don't know as the only other choice they have over the failed president, who is a big dummy. I mean, I heard him talk, and he really is a big dummy with a mustache. He never had a good progressive idea as president. Still, he is the only alternative to going back to being robbed by the rich pricks. Same crap, different countries, no real leaders, no real solutions. Most leaders are just imbeciles. And their job is to not propose any progressive ideas and keep the status quo. You know, the left will encourage a few handouts to the poor and the other side will make it even more plutocratic. I mean, did you hear Macron 
from France tell the Venezuelan people to revolt while he's being challenged in his own country by his people for this type of neoliberal obedience? (laughs) Well, let's just run through the plutocratic checklist and see where we're at. One, send in the CIA provocateurs, spread propaganda, call the leader a dictator, impose economic sanctions, make their economy scream. Then number two, you accuse the government of killing its own people who are just peaceful protesters. Now, in Venezuela, there is no dictator or police state. The anti-government protests are not being broken up by cops and state jackboot thugs like we do in France and America. We're the police state plutocracy, and every bit of our propaganda is the opposite of reality. Anyways, that's coming next. Number three, make it seem like when we call for a no-fly zone, then bomb the crap out of them, it's for humanitarian reasons, e.g. the Libya overthrow and that crime against humanity. Number four, install our puppet government and build military bases, and above all, make them borrow mass amounts of money from the criminal central bankers and then sell off their resources. Now, that's all I really need to say about this sad situation. I wish the people of Venezuela had a real leader to choose with real solutions to solve their problems of greed and corruption, instability, and inequality, which they've dealt with for forever. But they don't. So I guess I'm rooting for Maduro. But he is a true dummy who thinks Trump is making the calls and he's warning Trump, don't do it, Trump. Yeah, like he's in charge. So until we see real leaders with real systemic solutions, it's a sad crap show. But I at least hope the U.S. plutocrats' plans are defeated. Let's keep our eyes on this, and let's hear a song from Bruce Cockburn that fits in with the madness they call democracy. Roll it, Vinny. By the guns of market hungry military profiteers Whose word is a swamp and whose brow is smeared with the blood of the poor Who rob life of its quality Who render rage a necessity By turning countries into labor camps Modern slavers and drag as champions of And cynical instrument who makes the gun into a sacrament. The only response to the deification of tyranny by so called developed nations, idolatry of ideology. North, south, east, west, kill the best and buy the rest. It's just spend a buck to make a buck. You don't really give a flying fuck about the people in misery IMF, dirty MF, takes away everything it can get Always making certain that there's one thing left Keep them on the hook with these affordable 
themselves off as leaders Kiss the ladies, shake hands with the fellows And it's open for business like a cheap bordello And they call it democracy 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 You see the loaded eyes of the children too Trying to make the best of it the way kids do One day you're gonna rise from your habitual feast And find yourself staring down the throat of the beast They call a revolution IMF, dirty IMF Takes away everything it can get Always making certain that there's one thing left Keep them on the hook with insupportable democracy And they call it democracy Bruce Cockburn making his second appearance on the Plutocracy Report. That song is called They Call It Democracy from 1986. And the album was called Wonders of the World. And that song speaks for itself. I don't have to say any more. But Bruce is one aware Canuck. Great song, brother. Thank you for that. Now, As promised last show, I want to spend a little time talking about universal basic income. And what's weird is that I'm beginning to hear some lefties in the alternative media talk about it as well. And they are doing it in a way that they actually seem serious about it. Not like it's just a radical idea that will never happen in creepy capitalist America. Now, it still turns out that my perspectives are always different than anyone you get from academia or egg-headed paid writers. Because I, the penniless prognosticator, always sees things differently. Because my lens is not clouded with institutional, cultural capitulation. Let me give you a few excerpts from an over-indoctrinated and naive millennial who probably worships a slimy charlatan Elon Musk who once tweeted about universal basic income. What a nice billionaire rat, huh? He answered the question about it, saying, Universal basic income will be a necessity over time if AI takes over most human jobs. Huh, okay, yeah. That's that's great, Elon. Let's wait till the day that never comes because people hungry, homeless, or living on debt really don't matter if a robot didn't steal their job. You pretentious asshole. Get back to killing us with launching 5G satellites, you slime ball. So every brain-dead liberal talking about universal basic income is saying 
we need it when robots take over our jobs. And they think they are kind-hearted for taking that bold statement. (laughs) Yeah, that's great, lefties. Did you know that madman Milton Friedman and even Richard Nixon proposed a similar idea in the 70s, which passed the House? But you young and expensively indoctrinated liberals can see it maybe happening in the future when the robots take over, huh? You're real progressive, aren't you? You're only 50 years behind the old Republicans. Well, some little punk named Michael K. Spencer wrote this who is a, oh, here's his credentials. This is impressive. A blockchain mark consultant, (laughs) a tech futurist, and prolific writer. Oh, good job, Spencer. Hey, is Bitcoin still going to change the world? He wrote, Many young global citizens are very educated and by default will tend towards a neoliberal global order where human rights and empowering people takes priority over national interests old rivalries, and authoritarian thinking. Oh, yeah, you kids are so smart and progressive, just like the other neoliberals like Obama and Macron, who can't stop talking about universal income, huh? This means even in the realm of economic hierarchies and technological manipulation, the consumer and the advocate for more equality eventually prevails. (laughs) Yeah, what's your... Uh, example of that, Spencer. (laughs) Universal basic income, while not perfect, is one stream of thinking of how this could occur to help promote an Earth Accord of greater equality. (laughs) Yeah, Spencer. Equality advocates always eventually prevail, huh? Especially if they are highly educated, right? These people like Elon Musk and educated millennials think if we just let things go on as usual, eventually enough people will be out of work and broke so the plutocrats, well, I don't know what they call the rulers of the monetary system, maybe they think the elected leaders are in charge and the system works autonomously like the stock market and there really isn't any bad guys behind the scenes. That's conspiracy. But when enough people lose their jobs, we can have universal basic income, you know, maybe by 2040 or 2050. And that's when the Green New Deal will really take effect too, right? And then we'll save the planet. (laughs) These people have no fight, and they have no sense of urgency, and they have no concern for those suffering now. Because it isn't a majority yet, and they're doing okay. They can still meet their basic needs working at McDonald's because they haven't fully automated yet. (sighs) Let me read another one. If artificial intelligence, robotics, and machine learning continues at its present course, much of repetitive work on Earth will be automated by 2040. Oh, how terrible. Not everyone will be skilled enough to even participate in such a labor force of the future. This is about populist discourse on how capitalism needs to be more inclusive and globalization needs to be more humane. Oh, God. Yeah, no, let's not end it. Let's let's try to make it more inclusive and more humane. Okay, sorry. I mean, do you see what I mean now? 
They are brainwashed not to envision a better system of governance. And what's worse, these people think they are the good guys who are against inequality. And yet you heard it there. They like capitalism and globalization. They just want to make it a little less omnicidal. (laughs) These kinds of people upset me the most because they think they are smart while proving their closed-minded paradigm every time they say something. Now listen, we need a basic income so no one can be without the necessities of life, not just because of automation. There are people in dire situations already, and another crash is coming, and people will suffer if we don't get them some dough to spend and at least be able to support themselves. Now, how I envision universal basic income is they will be given money to spend any way they want, and, you know, the, the critics will say they're, they're uh, bums are alcoholics and nothing's going to change. But if they want to drink away their m- income and sleep under a bridge, fine. They chose slow suicide and at least they weren't forced into it. Most people won't do that. And, you know, for the greedy people who like having poor and homeless people around because it makes them feel better about themselves... Well, everyone gets this basic income, not just poor people. Any money you earn is on top of that. If you want to work your life away to store up more money, fine. You'll be richer and you can afford more junk. Just like now. So don't be an asshole and say people can't have free stuff because you're such a hard worker. This is more than an economic necessity. It is the first step in advancing our society to sanity and humanity. It can be a catalyst to changing the unjust monetary system as we know it. Also, we have to beware how it is implemented because, as I have stated in the past, the plutocrats themselves will be all for this as a way to keep this system of upward money flow to the 1% of the most violent, gluttonous people on Earth. They will need it Uh, to keep people from going into all-out revolt because enough people will be in hard times. But we need it to be the start of a new society of equality and progressive ideas, not as a saving grace for the plutocrat system. We have to change our culture as we know it, and this is the first step as we will work to change the monetary system in a whole. We can value money in other forms like the value being derived from our labor and participation to our communities. Now let's brush aside these neoliberal eggheads because they can't envision systemic change. They just don't have the creativity. It's been driven out of them. They can only think of putting Band-Aids on an open wound of capitalist globalization conducted under a system of plutonomy. You think maybe we should end that crap, neoliberals? No, Vince. The only way to do things is just little tiny incremental reforms. Think of how much less crime there would be if we gave people money for free. You know what the righties will say? It promotes laziness, and we don't have the money to do it. Just like socialist health care that we can't afford. Listen, in March of 2018, the U.S. national debt topped $21 trillion, and now the average debt liability for individual taxpayers is projected to be 
161000 by 2019. This means that every American taxpayer pretty much owes the government a house. At present, even though the government is collecting record high individual income taxes, the debt continues to rise, as do taxes, fees, permits, regulations, and government-sponsored extortion of citizens. This doesn't bode well for the average American. Remarkably, at the same time the debt hit $21 trillion, others were noticing that the publicly available number of unaccounted for or lost or stolen taxpayer dollars is also now at $21 trillion. Most of this seems to have gone missing from the Pentagon. Yeah. So don't start with this, we don't have the money crap, or we will have to tax people higher. We are using a fiat currency that is pretend funny money already, with no attachment to anything. Let's use this fraudulent fiat currency a little bit longer and create money for the people, not secret government operations. Quantitative easing, military waste, and... Disaster of unimaginable proportions. Let's use it for the greater good of humanity. You hear me, all you brain-dead eggheads with your affection to neoliberal bullshit? Okay, well, all we can do is try to help these people see things differently and forget their expensive college indoctrination to believing plutocracy is the only way to run societies. We need to change our culture in whole. But that takes a collective conscious awakening. So all we can do immediately is remove ourselves from the dominator culture and hope others follow. Let's use the felt presence of direct experience and create our own culture. Here's Terrence McKenna to tell us a little bit about it. Catalysts to say what has never been said, to see what has never been seen. To draw, paint, sing, sculpt, dance, and act what has never before been done. To push the envelope of creativity and language. And what's really important is, I call it, the felt presence of direct experience, which is a fancy term which just simply means we have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Don't watch TV. Don't read magazines. Don't even listen to NPR. Create your own road show. The, the, the nexus of space and time where you are now is the most immediate sector of your universe. And if you're worrying about Michael Jackson or Bill Clinton or somebody else, then you are disempowered. You're giving it all away to icons. Icons which are maintained by an electronic media so that, you know, you, you want to dress like X or have lips like Y or something. This is, this is shit-brained, this kind of thinking. That is all cultural diversion. And what is real is you and your friends and your uh, associations, your highs, your orgasms, your hopes, your plans, your fears. And we're, we're told, no, we're unimportant, we're peripheral, get a degree, get a job, get a this, get a that, and then you're a player. You don't even want to play in that game. You want to reclaim your mind 
and get it out of the hands of the cultural engineers who want to turn you into a half-baked moron consuming all this trash that's being manufactured out of the bones of a dying world. Where is that at? I certainly try not to be a part of this dominator culture. We need to make our own culture collectively a humane one, a sensible one, and a rational one. This one is really effed up. But now, since I played Terrence McKenna, let me read something from another guy I liked, a philosopher named Alan Watts. Now, Alan was sometimes confusing and convoluted in lectures, but he also made some brilliant observations, and this is one of them. I talk about this point a lot as mechanization becomes mainstream. I see in an astoundingly childish way that people really think that money is necessary and that they don't understand the following simple principle. If you create a technology and the purpose of that technology is to increase our supply of goods and services to make it unnecessary for anyone to perform drudgery, then of course you're getting rid of work. So we have the amazing idiocy to penalize getting rid of work as something called unemployment. Yeah, I mean, we think that mechanization and having robots do this tedious work is putting humans out of work and losing their livelihood instead of seeing it as freeing human beings from terribly mind-numbing work and giving us a chance to enjoy our lives more. So we have to change that paradigm. And I think universal basic income would really be the catalyst to a a new culture, a more humane way of advancing together to get rid of that notion that you have to slave your life away just to survive. The coming problems, predicaments, and catastrophes we will soon face as a species must be the reason we unite to demand a better way of doing things with compassion, not just for capital gains to the few. The plutocrats are ready for this coming catastrophe, and they will offer their own solutions and pretend we can keep going on this course leading to our demise that millions have lived and died in a cold and cruel culture. This time, let's use our minds, but also our hearts, to destroy the old model of rule by the rich and rule with rationality and compassion by the people. A large majority wants this. They just have to believe it's possible. Now, I want to thank you for listening to the Plutocracy Report this week. I'm going to send you all positive energy to keep your heart radiating love and keep fighting to fill other hearts and minds with compassionate wisdom so someday we can stand together and finally do what's right, take back our government. I'm Vince Marcanti. Thanks again for joining me. And here is a song I wrote to take us out. Let's do this before we all turn to dust and ash. Bye-bye!
Cause 